welcome to the Victorious Living Christian Counseling Podcast. My name is Crystal Ridlin, and I'm a licensed mental health counselor with the state of Indiana, and I am a licensed professional counselor in the state of Missouri. Today's episode is episode number three, and the topic that I've chosen to discuss today is anxiety and panic attacks. Anxiety is a human emotion that every single person who's ever walked this earth has experienced. It's something that all of us can relate to, and there is a spectrum of anxiety. Um, When I have clients come to me and I begin assessing for um, and looking for whatever their struggle is, um, I always have to have a diagnosis. And lately, I've had a tremendous, overwhelming amount of people who are struggling with anxiety. Um, the panic, the pandemic, and the political culture that we're living in right now has basically taken everybody's ability to function and challenged it to some degree. One thing I've said to many people is that, and one thing I've seen that. God has revealed to me is that the pandemic is actually bringing to the surface of deep-rooted issues that have been already taking place within the human spirit. For example, um, people who have a fear of death, it is becoming very obvious in the pandemic for understandable reasons. Um, another example is people who have a fear of being alone and suddenly they are alone often because of all the lockdowns. So that's one thing I've seen. Um, most counselors have very full schedules because we're trying to take care of the abundance of people who are struggling with Um, anxiety due to the current culture that we're living in. So the topic today is anxiety and one thing that I've heard myself from the pulpit when I'm in church, I've heard well-intentioned people who are very loving um, say is that worry and anxiety and fear is a sin. And this always bothers me because worry and anxiety are, and fear are just human responses to living in a broken world. And the reason I say very strongly that I don't believe that anxiety in itself is a sin is because if we were to say that, we would have to say that Jesus sinned and Jesus as we know is perfect and he never sinned in in this world and so I found it interesting in Matthew chapter 26 verses 36 through 46 it says then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane and he said to them sit here while I go over there and pray he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him and he began to be sorrowful and troubled Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. 
Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. So a few things stand out to me in this passage. One is that Jesus was overwhelmed, understandably so. He was getting ready to die on a cross for you and for me. And in Romans, it tells us that knowing every sin we would ever commit, that Jesus Christ still died for us. So that's one thing that's pretty amazing to me. The second thing that really stands out to me is that he's human. He's not only God, omniscient, all-knowing, but he's human and he's fully aware of the human emotion that we have the fear the sadness the grieving Jesus experienced all human emotion and therefore that gives me comfort knowing that he understands and can have compassion and empathy with me and with you so as we move into discussing anxiety I first wanted to start with the spiritual realm and I wanted to debunk the myth that anxiety in itself is a sin because what I've seen is that that statement alone has done tremendous damage and caused more harm and more of a lack of healing within the lives of people. Rather, I argue that undealt with an unmanaged sin in a spiritual manner is sin. What you see with Jesus is that when he was overwhelmed, he was in turmoil, he was troubled, he took his fear right to the Lord, to his Father. And he prayed and he asked God to even remove the cup from him. And most importantly, he said, thy will be done. Okay, that's a pretty powerful statement right there. And so one thing I found that is so important is to make sure that everyone knows that we're going to have fear in this world. In fact, we are in the midst of a pandemic and a political culture in the United States that I don't think anyone's ever seen to this level the rioting, the level of tension and conflict and hatred that has been slung around from both sides, it's pretty unprecedented. And with that comes a certain level of fear. 
what happens is when we have this fear and we fail to take it to the Lord Jesus and hand that over to him and seek wisdom and guidance and strength, then we continue moving down a worldly spiral of anxiety and fear. And that is sin. That is when we are allowing Satan to have a stronghold in our life rather than surrendering our fear and our anxiety to God. So I'm going to move on to talking about anxiety and psychology from a psychology perspective. And um, then we will, I will also be continuing to integrate faith and scripture as we move along. So what is anxiety? Anxiety is a very real um, disorder. It is very difficult for the person who's suffering from anxiety. And I want you to know that even though it's one of the most difficult things that we endure, it's also one of the easiest to overcome if we have the right tools and sadly, a lot of us don't go to a counselor. We don't seek the right tools. We don't even know how to overcome it. And therefore, I think it is important that I talk about this topic because I want to make sure that you know what to do if you're struggling with anxiety. So anxiety is having tremendous fear excessive worrying, not being able to stop or control worrying. It is having physical symptoms like difficulty breathing, um, stomach trouble, um, indigestion can come from this. Um, there's also things like um, headaches. People have pressure headaches, tension, in the shoulders and the neck and other parts of the body, there are very real physical symptoms that also come along with anxiety. Uh, so anxiety is um, very difficult and overwhelming. And so I want to point out that in Proverbs 12:25, it says, an anxious heart weighs a man down. I find it so interesting when I read scriptures that let us know that God understands the human condition. An anxious heart weighs a man down. I know that anytime I felt tremendous anxiety, and I know that anytime you've felt tremendous anxiety, we felt pretty weighed down, haven't we? So when we're dealing with anxiety, the most important thing that I begin working with a client on from day one is beginning to trap anxious thoughts. We are the only human, we're the only creation that God made, which is the human, that has self-thinking, where we talk to ourself. Every other animal operates fully out of instinct, whereas the human has free will and the ability to think and feel and choose according. And so 
if we have no rain over our thinking process, then we're going to have tremendous anxiety, depression. This is why I believe that Christian counseling is really the only way to really conquer psychology. Or not psychology, Christian counseling is the only way to conquer anxiety and depression. Because psychology alone does not address the spiritual condition. And anxiety, panic attacks, depression, it's all spiritual warfare. Sometimes there's a genetic component where it's traveled. There's genes that make us more susceptible to having anxiety, but it's still rooted in a spiritual warfare. And that's how, in my office, I treat it. We treat it with learning to build up our faith, learning to build our identity in Christ, replacing negative thoughts. In fact, learning to tell Satan to back away and to stay away and claiming victory through Jesus. So these are the ways that I work with anxiety in my office. And rarely do I have to send anybody for a medication eval with a medical doctor. Although there are times where the anxiety is so deep or I think that I can see there's been some kind of a genetic component and then I will send for medication eval. So medication is something that can be useful, but it's not often the route that I have to go um, as a counselor. So one, there's a common uh, false belief that weak people succumb to anxiety because they're especially in the spiritual world in religion they'll say that people who have anxiety are spiritually weak one thing that I've seen a lot of clients say is that and when they've talked about having anxiety or depression a common Christian response to them from Christian people is well just trust in the Lord and they'll quote scriptures immediately, like, trust in the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, and lean not on your own understanding. That is a fantastic verse, and I live for that verse. But if we place it before empathy and compassion, all we've done is allow that person to hear, I'm not good, because that's the way Satan is. Satan will take whatever he can and get a foothold anywhere he can to keep people broken and to keep them struggling. So I want to encourage you the next time you try to offer up a scripture to make sure that before you use the scripture that you are being compassionate and empathetic with wherever somebody is struggling. Because if we use scripture inappropriately, we can actually do more damage, okay? So I always say that's really tough um, and my soul connects with their soul. I let them know that I care about their struggle, that, that I too have struggled and that I struggle with anxiety and I've struggled with depression, but I don't keep them there. I move them then to, but there's hope. There's hope in Christ. 
And actually, the, the motto for my office, and I have a sign in my office that I had specially made, says, Victorious living is not only a dream, but a real possibility through Christ. And so from day one, I begin ingraining that message into every single client that God has been ingraining inside of me and spiritual mentors have been ingraining, ingraining inside of me since I was 15 when I became a Christian. So the important thing about anxiety is we need to remember that anxiety is a gift from God. I know you may think that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I have anxiety. It doesn't feel like a gift. But what we'll find is if we don't have anxiety and our body doesn't feel discomfort when we're going, going, going and trying to conquer the entire world, we will end up having heart attacks early. We will end up having... Um, serious physical ailments that God knew that would happen if we didn't have an alarm system to remind us that we need to relax, we need to be at peace. And so anxiety for many people, they're CEOs, they're pastors of churches, they have very important jobs and they're trying to do God's work and then suddenly they find themselves plummeting and what in the world is this anxiety, these panic attacks that I'm having? Where did this come from? And really, it's God, was, God never intended for us to work all the time. He intended us to have a proper, healthy balance between, most importantly, keeping Him first and then being able to work as needed, but to have, to live life. The Bible says that Jesus came so that we can have life and have it abundantly. And if we're just rushing, 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 and we're never stopping to spend time with our family or stopping to take a walk in the garden or in a park and enjoy life, we're not really living an abundant life. So anxiety is a gift. And the goal that God uses it to get us to a point where we realize that we need to have a balanced, healthy life. Um, one thing to remember is that the brain is an organ. All it is, it's an organ. God created it. It's fascinating. Researchers have tried to study it to the umpteenth degree. We'll never fully be able to understand how truly amazing the human body is and the brain. But they have done a lot of research, and they found out a lot of really awesome things. But one thing that's important to remember is that our mind controls our brain. Our brain doesn't control our mind. We think what we think, which causes us to feel what we feel, which causes us to do what we do. So, for example, if we think that... If my son drives, I'm saying this because I have a son who is driving a lot. If we think, I'm so scared my son's going to get in an accident, he's driving, you know, eight hours tomorrow, then we're going to feel scared, I'm going to feel scared, and then we're going to feel overwhelmed, we're not going to be able to function to our best, and we're just going to have high anxiety. If we think, I'm worthless, I'm no good, then we're going to feel sad, 
we're going to feel worthless and then we're not going to have any motivation. We're not going to want to get out of bed. We're going to just be really down and really sad. Okay. So that's the important thing. We think what we think, which causes us to feel what we feel, which causes us to do what we do. Okay. So the first day somebody comes into my office, I immediately begin addressing negative thoughts. Negative thoughts are based off of core beliefs that we develop by age four. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's absolutely true. And what happens is we develop these core beliefs very early and then every difficult thing that we face in life begins to pile on top of those core beliefs. And so what we see is we may have some huge trigger or fear at the age of 42, but it oftentimes is, it's rooted in something from our core beliefs. So for example, I've had a lot of people who are suddenly very afraid of the pandemic because they're afraid of death, okay? And when we really begin digging a lot, oftentimes you're gonna find that somewhere along the line, something happened very early in life that began to make them afraid of death or dying. Maybe they lost somebody early in their life. Um, but anyway, so there's these like things that connect with our core beliefs. So what we have to do is we have to actually begin to, I tell my clients to get a journal and begin writing out negative beliefs. Because a lot of times we don't even really know they're there because we're not giving them attention and we're trying to suppress them. The more we try to suppress those negative thoughts, they build in our heads like a heat lamp and it becomes even more overwhelming. So what we need to do is begin identifying what the negative thoughts are, writing them out. The second step after building an awareness of the negative thoughts, we have to learn to speak truth over them. And so I'll have people bring in the negative thoughts that they've had about themselves throughout the week. And then we align those thoughts with scripture. And of course, at that point, they never align. <laughs> That's why the anxiety is there. And then we begin learning how to speak positive things over ourselves. I've had people who have come to me and they have gotten into a habit of saying under their breath, I'm an idiot, I'm so stupid, I can't do anything right, all I do is make mistakes, I'm always forgetting something, I'm a loser, right? They say these things to themselves all the time and they don't realize the heavy impact that it's having on them. And so once we begin changing those thought patterns and they begin catching themselves and not saying things like I'm an idiot but saying things like oh I made a mistake mistakes happen it's okay I'll do better next time maybe I need a break maybe I need to take a little walk and what they find after they change these thought patterns is that they begin to have they feel a lot better. I've seen people, I test them when they come in and I get an anxiety level. Sometimes the anxiety level is 21, which is high as it can possibly be. And I've got been able to with, well, I'm not doing the work. Jesus is doing the work. I'm just the one who's walking with him through it. And then when we assess it, 
after so many weeks or months of counseling, we see that number drop and I've seen it drop as low as two, which is pretty encouraging and pretty awesome because these people are getting their life back. They're starting to see that abundant life in Christ is what we all are promised if we focus on Jesus and if we keep him at the center. The other thing that's most important when you have anxiety And this is something I struggle with tremendously. I'm very busy. I work 40 plus hours a week. I have four kids. Um, I also have lots of amazing friends and an amazing husband. And all these things are blessings, but they take time. And so oftentimes the thing that ends up getting pushed aside is my quiet time with the Lord. The time that I'm spending praying and reading God's word. And every time I get into a pattern where I'm not praying or seeking God the way I should, I notice a significant increase in my anxiety over a period of time. So that's the most important thing we can do to take care of anxiety is really make time to spend with God. You know, I found there's really nothing special that I do when I am in a pattern where I'm spending time with God I've just learned one thing God rewards obedience I remember one time I had like maybe 20 minutes between my next session and I had just enough time to walk down the road and get a coffee and then come back for my next session and I just felt the Holy Spirit saying Crystal bring your Bible and just sit down and read I remember kind of wrestling with God for a little bit and I'm like I'll bring my Bible but I don't think I'm gonna have any time to read So when I got there, sure enough, I had about maybe 15, 10 minutes. um, And God just kept saying, just sit down. At that point, I was having a really rough day. I was tired. I was overwhelmed. I was stressed out. And I ended up listening to God, took my Bible, and I had maybe 5 or 10 minutes at the most to really sit down and spend with God. And after that, I remember getting up and thinking, I felt, I feel so refreshed and renewed. And I remember walking back and thanking God for putting it on my heart to do a devotional and just spend even just a few minutes with him. And I realized there was nothing special about what I did, but God rewarded the obedience that he asked me to spend time with him. And I sat down and even though I only had 10 or 15 minutes, um, God was able to strengthen me, encourage me, and I was able to finish another, uh, I think it was like six more hours of work. So devotions are huge and probably the most important step to overcoming anxiety, okay? So now I'm going to talk for just a moment about panic attacks. I know I didn't get into this very much, but what happens with anxiety when it's unmanaged is two things. One, it turns into panic attacks. And panic attacks, anybody who's had one, I've only had one full-blown panic attack in my entire life, and it was terrible. I thought I was having a heart attack. I thought I was dying. And my chest hurt really bad. I couldn't sit. I couldn't stand. Every position I was in, I was uncomfortable. I couldn't breathe. My heart was racing really fast. I was sweating. Um... It was pretty awful. Now, I have panic symptoms often, 
and those are more like we may have a few of those symptoms but not everything at one time. Panic symptoms may be you feel heaviness in your chest, you have pressure headaches, you have tension in your shoulders, you have tension in your neck, um, you may have a stomach ache. Oftentimes when people are very anxious they can even have diarrhea or feel like they're going to vomit. They can just suddenly feel very nauseous. Um, rapid heart rate. They have where they feel like they're going to go crazy. I mean, they have all these different, there's just so many different physical symptoms of panic attacks. But when you have a, when you have a full-blown panic attack, it's, it's very overwhelming and very difficult. And so I want to encourage you and help you to know that there is some way to stop panic attacks. So if you're at a point where you're having a panic attack, the most important thing is to not be afraid of it. I know that sounds crazy because I just told you that it was one of the most terrifying, awful things I've experienced, my full-blown panic attack. But by that time, I knew that I had to breathe. And the most important thing is to breathe and tell yourself it's just a panic attack. It's going to, it'll pass soon. It's going to be okay. Breathe deeply. Start to notice things in your environment, the color of the walls, the color of the furniture. Um, find anything around you that you can touch and feel and identify whatever texture that is. Um, name Pick a particular object and pick it up and just identify everything about that object that you can. You can say the names of every famous person that you know. All of these things actually actively shut down the fight or flight response in the brain, which is done, which is sent out by the amygdala. And it helps the prefrontal cortex, the logical part of the brain that's behind your forehead, to get control. It's physiologically impossible for the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex to be um, in full mode at the same time. So what happens is a panic attack completely, it's the amygdala that completely hijacks the prefrontal cortex so you can't think, you can't breathe. And so the most important thing we can do is get that amygdala to calm down and allow the prefrontal cortex to, to kick back into place and then you'll find that the panic attack will subside and you will return to a, a healthy equilibrium again, okay? So today we just did, um, we, under, we learned about anxiety, we learned about um, the spiritual implications of anxiety, we learned about a little bit about panic attacks. And of course this is just a brief summary just to help you guys to know how to handle anxiety. Um, but if you are struggling with anxiety or panic attacks, please don't suffer any longer. It is a very, um, it is something that can be taken care of with some hard work and somebody who knows how to guide you through the process. So please find a Christian counselor. I say a Christian counselor because like I said earlier in the podcast, if you leave out the Holy Spirit, there really is no healing. You can have surface level healing. You can even um, have some things that will make you feel better for a little while.
but true deep healing comes from the soul and that's only taken care of when we get our heart right with God, when we learn to think more like Christ and we learn to surrender our life to him, okay? So what I want you to do is when you have anxiety or fear this week, take a lesson from Jesus in Matthew 26 when he faced the most terrifying moment of his life right right before he was about to be crucified he went right to the father and he prayed and he begged God please take this cup from me and yet even though God chose not to take the cup what God did was give him the strength and endurance to face the most horrific thing that we can think of <laughs> the crucifixion and so take a lesson from him and this week when you're struggling when you're frightened when you're overwhelmed when you're sad take it to the father he's listening and he's waiting to hear from you if you guys have any questions please feel free to email me um, but most importantly please reach out to a Christian counselor and begin getting your life back and learning how to have an abundant life in Christ. Finally, I want to invite you to email me any questions, well, not questions, but trials, um, struggles that you're having. What I want to do is begin making this podcast more personal to you. And therefore, if you can email me at victoriouslivingcounseling at yahoo.com and just give me a topic, something maybe that you're struggling with, uh, whether it's a relationship issue or um, trauma, whatever it is, I welcome you to contact me and um, I will not use any names or identifying information. I will just say I had a, I had a, um, a question or somebody would like me to address this issue and she's from this state or he's from this state. I actually won't um, use any names or anything. So feel free to email me. I'd love to hear from you. I want to broaden this podcast and make sure that it's meeting the needs of everyone who's listening. So God bless and have a great week and um, have an abundant life this week. Bye, guys.